Welcome to the More Attention, Less Deficit podcast. This episode is to take medication or not to take medication. It depends. Some people eagerly choose to take medication, whereas others decide against it. It's a personal decision based on many factors, including how well you can otherwise handle the demands in your life. The book, More Attention, Less Deficit, Success Strategies for Adults with ADHD, is available at addwarehouse.com and pretty much everywhere else. But if you enter coupon code 19380, my zip code, at addwarehouse.com, you'll save 25%. Also, I'm pretty psyched to announce that the book just came out on Kindle and will soon be available on the Barnes & Noble Nook and the Sony Reader. So that's pretty cool, too, for the tech savvy out there. I'm psychologist Dr. R.A. Tuckman, author of More Attention, Less Deficit, and Integrative Treatment for Adult ADHD, a practical, easy-to-use guide for clinicians. For more information about either book, archives of this podcast, links to past presentations, handouts, and information about upcoming teleclasses and presentations, check out adultadhdbook.com. I'm a psychologist, so I don't write prescriptions. However, it would be impossible to specialize in treating ADHD and not know the medications well. I'm a strong believer in therapy and coaching for adults with ADHD, but the best outcomes are often achieved by using medication along with those strategies. Medication is no silver bullet, and it'll probably take some tweaking for you to get just the right regimen, but it can help you build a solid foundation for success. I certainly wouldn't say that you couldn't be happy and successful without medication, but it will be harder and you'll probably have more setbacks. Medication makes it more likely that you'll be at the top of your game, not just sometimes, but day after day, consistently. Whether you're so desperate for something better that you would eat boiled monkey heads if someone said it might help, or whether you'd fight to the death before polluting your body with chemically concocted substances, I encourage you to get the facts and make an informed decision. The more you know, the better decision you can make for yourself, which may be different from the decision that someone else makes. There are no right or wrong answers about medication, since different people can have different reasons and different responses. It depends on lots of factors, such as what other supports and strengths you have versus how demanding and complex your life is. My hope is that this podcast will help you make the best choice for you. As a psychologist, I'm interested in the kinds of decisions that people make. This means not only what people decide, but also how they decide. After all, we can sometimes wind up at a good decision with a bad process, like by flipping a coin. The problem is that bad processes are less likely to get you good results. So my hope is that when it comes to the, to the decision about medication, you use a good process, just as you would for any important decision. This means a well-thought-out process rather than a knee-jerk impulse to never take it or to take it without even knowing the potential side effects. The majority of my clients with ADHD take medication, at least sometimes. Not all, but most. I very much respect the decision not to take medication, if it's thoroughly considered and informed by facts. For example, I had a client who clearly had ADHD, but also had bipolar disorder. 
This means that she would need to take a mood stabilizer to ensure that she didn't have any more manic episodes, since ADHD medication can set off a manic episode in people who also have bipolar disorder. By the way, good reason to actually spend the time to really make sure you're getting the right diagnosis. But in this case, because she had retired from her job and therefore didn't need to function at the same high level, she decided that she didn't want to take anything for her ADHD. For her, it was the right choice. On the other hand, I have other clients who would practically fight to the death, well, not really, if you tried to take away their medication because it's so helpful to them. In the interest of informing your decision-making process, let's run through the factors that would tend to make someone more or less likely to consider medication. First of all, medication doesn't make anyone do anything he doesn't want to do, but it does allow him to more easily, reliably, and accurately do what he wants to do. So if you feel like watching Gilligan's Island reruns all day, you know, a pound of medication is not going to change that. But if you want to do better, you got a better shot of being able to do it. In other words, it bridges the gap between intentions and actions. So, by way of analogy, wearing glasses doesn't automatically make someone a better student. However, if the student can't see the writing on the blackboard, she doesn't have the option to copy the information from it. With glasses, she has a choice to copy the information, but may still choose not to. The medicated adult with ADHD still has to do the hard work of changing habits, but he has a better shot at being successful. There's a saying that pills don't teach skills, which is true, but they do make it easier to learn those skills. This is where those other strategies come in. Medications are neither mind control nor a silver bullet, but they do help. On the other side of the coin, no medication, even aspirin, is perfectly safe. So it's a matter of balancing the potential benefits with the potential risks and side effects. But there are definitely risks and side effects with untreated ADHD too. And by the way, if ADHD wasn't significantly and negatively affecting your life or that of someone you care about, would you be listening to this podcast? The cost of untreated ADHD must also be taken into account to make a fully informed decision. No one would willingly undergo the intense side effects and significant risks of chemotherapy if the risks of untreated cancer weren't so awful. Ultimately, it's a personal decision based on several factors. Now, some factors tend to reduce the need for medication, such as strong coping skills and good habits that reduce the fallout of ADHD symptoms, other strengths and abilities, including good social skills that reduce the fallout of ADHD symptoms, um, or a willingness to work hard to overcome your ADHD weaknesses, having a, a supportive social environment, or being actively engaged in other treatments. Or finally, a, you know, willingness to live a smaller and simpler life. In other words, to not have to perform as, at as high a level. Now, having said that, the flip side of this coin is that there are other factors that increase the need for medication or might predispose someone to be more interested in taking medication. These include things like ADHD symptoms cause significant problems and suffering in the person's life. Or other weaknesses cause significant problems and suffering, and when you put it all together, it's just more than the person is willing to stand. Or a desire for more immediate improvement. You know, meds tend to have the quickest impact. 
or the demands at work or at home exceed the person's abilities to stay on top of it all, or other conditions like anxiety, depression, or substance abuse reduce the person's happiness and functioning, and they're looking for something, anything, to kind of change that momentum. Finally, high expectations for performance. In other words, if you're still working and you have a busy family life, you're probably hoping that you would perform better than if you had you know, a much simpler kind of retired lifestyle where you don't have as much going on. Now, keep in mind that different people can have different responses to the same medication and even to different doses of the same medication. So someone may have great, you know, or awful, things to say about a particular medication, but that doesn't mean that, it'll have this, that you will have the same response. The only possible exception is that family members may be somewhat more likely to have similar responses. But generally, the only way to know is to try a medication for yourself. You'll probably have to try at least a couple of dosages and maybe even try a second medication if the first one doesn't hit the bullseye for you. You may get lucky and hit it with a first dosage strength of the first medication, but it'll probably take a little bit of tweaking to get it working best. At the risk of oversimplifying, what it all comes down to is whether the demands on you exceed your abilities to handle them. If so, medication may be helpful. You can also tilt that equation, though, by reducing your demands, for example, by taking a job that's a better fit, or increasing your ability to handle those demands, like using an electronic organizer to remind you of deadlines. There are many ways to change your situation, and medication is only one of them. So it comes down to preferences about what kind of life you want to live and what else you're willing and able to do. Speaking of ways to make your life better, Chad will be doing a regional conference in the Virginia suburbs of Washington, D.C. on Saturday, May 22nd. We'll have a bunch of great speakers, and I'll be there too talking about acceptance. You can get more information at chad.org. I used to live there, so I'm really looking forward to seeing everyone again, and uh, I hope that you can make it too. I'll talk more about medications in our next episode, and I also have a full chapter on meds in, the, in more attention, less deficit. Now, although it's a prescriber's job to know the relative strengths and weaknesses of each medication, it's your job to work with a prescriber to make good choices. So the more you know, the better. Until next time, thanks for lending me your attention.